Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am here with Jonathan Feniak. So Jonathan is a partner at Colorado LLC Attorney, actually was introduced to us by former guest on the show, Nick Rattel. And just based on this pre-call, we've got a lot of really interesting stuff to talk about on uh, the firm and how he and his partners have been able to grow it. So thanks for coming on the show, John. Oh, you're very welcome. All right. So super big picture, just to kind of fill in the uh, the listeners on kind of the pre-call, a lot of interesting stuff going on with the practice, but could you give us the 50,000 foot view of what it is you guys do? Yeah. Colorado LLC attorney is a subsidiary of uh, Cloud Peak Law. Cloud Peak Law also manages or owns Wyoming LLC attorney, Cindy's New Mexico, Cindy's Florida, and uh, we're expanding into a number of other states as we speak. The idea is that we provide registered agent services and formation services as sort of the lead-in to getting legal work, providing legal work to our clients. We're doing across the organizations, all of them now, about 500 formations a month. Each of those clients is a potential opportunity. They need the help. They don't know an attorney. And they come to us looking for a very discreet delivery of legal services. All right. And then you also mentioned a growth target on the pre-call, which I think the audience would be interested to hear. Is that, is, is that something you're cool sharing on uh, at this point? <laughs> yeah, 20%. Well, Colorado has been actually experiencing 100% uh, since, since I came here. I were experiencing 100, 100% growth month on month. The larger organization, though, is experiencing 20 plus percent month on month. More formations lead to more legal work, lead to more repeat customers. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Okay. I'm really excited to kind of dig into all the different areas that you guys have been doing to, to kind of maximize it because there's a lot of different steps that are taking place. But I would just like to kind of step back and say, you know, 20% month over month. Those are the, the kind of numbers that you'll usually hear. Uh, it's very rare to hear that coming from a law firm. It's, it looks, I mean, that, those are the kind of growth numbers that you'll usually see coming from, you know, a tech startup. And it's been really impressive to see that you guys have been able to do that. All right. So start kind of at the top here. So, you know, what I find really interesting about your guys' situation is that you have a very, very defined set of uh, how people interact with you and how you kind of take it from there. So could you kind of tell us a little bit about the logic that kind of went into you guys selecting the registered agent services and what kind of people you've been able to get into the practice because of that? It's the beginning of an entrepreneur's uh, life. Someone who has an idea to start a business. They, there's so many resources available online. How do I protect myself from liability? How do I make sure that if the business doesn't work out, I'm not personally on the hook? All of these things. And they, they ultimately arrive at the idea that an LLC is the best way to do it and easiest way to do it. What they then see is that there is a pretty significant difference among the privacy and asset protection benefits you get in particular states. Wyoming is a state where you have the ability to form your entity anonymously. Colorado is another state where you have the ability to form your entity anonymously. Your name doesn't go on the Secretary of State's website. It doesn't need to. You can, 
put it there if you choose, but it doesn't need to. And so what that, that's a, a first step when people are looking for some privacy, especially when you have a home run business, right? You have a, a business that's running out of your house. You don't want to know your customers to know that you are operating out of your home. And so we allow them as that first step to set up their companies privately and anonymously. Um, that then uh, turns into a, a larger discussion about privacy in general, asset protection uh, more broadly. And uh, under uh, Colorado law, uh, it's very difficult to pierce the veil of the entity itself. It's, it's difficult to, to get in there and um, uh, seize the assets, basically take control. Wyoming takes it to a, another step even further. You know, the sole remedy in Wyoming is what's called a, a charging order protection. And so people are coming to Colorado, people are coming to Wyoming uh, to form their entities. And we're then talking to them about other ways they can protect themselves because they, they are really concerned about uh, the privacy and asset protection. Yeah. And just to clarify too, and I, I know this because I actually do have my LLC is, is formed in Wyoming, but are you uh, <laughs> working with primary with people local or is this a nationwide or even international thing? Uh, very few of our clients are from Colorado or Wyoming. Uh, we, uh, it's about 15% of our clients are international clients. Uh, the remainder are, you probably got 80 plus percent uh, are going to be from those states. And then you've got a small number that are within the states. Uh, Colorado tends to be more of a, you know, they're Colorado clients. Uh, they're based in Colorado. And in, in many cases, uh, we are those setting up a, you know, sort of a two-stage structure for them. So you set up a Wyoming holding company and then an operating company in any of the 50 states. That winds up being a really good strategy because of that, that charging order protection you're getting at the Wyoming level. So a, a, a large portion of the work that's coming out of either our Florida, New Mexico, or Colorado it has some connection to Wyoming because it, it is, it's, it, it's, it, there's been this sort of arms race among LLCs and, and, and trusts as well. We do a lot of trust work, anonymous asset protection trust. Wyoming, Alaska, South Dakota, uh, and Nevada have been sort of in this arms race to provide uh, individuals with asset protection and, and privacy in their LLC and trust laws. And, and we think there's a lot of reasons that Wyoming sort of come out on top. And, and I think the number one is that it's super easy to work in Wyoming. Uh, it is very inexpensive to set up your entities. Um, but all of this, this formation work, you know, from the lawyer perspective is the work that generates the legal work. So, so that's sort of the, you know, how do you grow, how do you grow your practice? That's what we're here to talk about, right? Is what, what is it about your state or what is it about a particular area of law where people need specific advice? And perhaps the, you know, from the registered agent perspective, it, it's not easy to set up a, a registered agent business and do it efficiently, but it is something that can be, you know, you would set a loss leader. It, it's, it's possible to actually make money with that business as well, but it is a way to bring in the clients and even give them some free legal time at the beginning of a relationship because they have already spent some money with you and you've already developed a, a, a trust relationship with them. Right. And I also say this, it's like, it's, it's kind of a next level application of 
the same kind of strategy that people are using by offering, say, I don't know, a lead magnet on their website. Mm -hmm. You guys have done a really fantastic job of identifying something that good clients will want. And it's pretty linear to say, you know, stand up in your BNI meeting and say, hey, look, I'm looking for people who have sophisticated business desires who need to have asset protection for themselves and uh, <laughs> the businesses they control. It's a couple steps forward to think about what the upstream needs of that person is. And, and then really having been able to fast forward to the point where you guys are at, be able to deliver on that on a higher level than other people are able to. So as far as like, you know, it's, it's an impressive strategy to kind of observe in and of itself. But I guess what thing to your point, what you can kind of generalize out of that is, you know, what is that upstream need of your client? Right. Yeah. And you don't have to be nationwide. You don't have to be in the you know registration of businesses space, but there's something like that for every market. And it's, it's been fantastic to see what you guys have done with, with having identified that. So with that in mind, I mean, it's really interesting because you have this thing that's extremely niche, but you are able to have a nationwide and even global footprint with that. So you mentioned earlier, people doing research and that kind of thing. So I'm curious, as far as what's actually getting your business and brand in front of these people to the point where they're able to, to, to take the first step to moving forward with you guys? Well, I, I think our website and, and uh, Andrew Pierce has really driven our online marketing efforts. And, and I think he's, he has a different understanding of what it is that brings clients to your site. I think a lot of firms focus on making a flashy website with uh, very interesting graphics or videos and the like, and viewing that as a way to get people to click on the site, to get high in the rankings without having to pay exorbitant amounts for, for Google AdWords or, or, or other paid marketing. What he has done is said, we need to have great content. We need to write fantastic content that clearly answers questions people have. And that way you're seen or we're seen as an authority in these areas. And so our website is not a handful of pages. It's not a blog. It is, I think at last count, 165 pages on the Wyoming site, 80 pages on the Colorado site, the same thing in, in New Mexico and Florida. And it, it's, not, it's not rocket science. We're not writing for a legal audience. It's down to earth questions being answered. You know, why would I want my estate planning documents? Why would I want a land trust? What does it do? What is charging order protection? Why, you know, all of these things, we wind up fantastic ranking on a just pure search, not paid search. I, I don't, I, and you know, I, I don't want to, you know, speak completely out of turn, but the, we're doing very little paid search on uh, for Wyoming, you know, Wyoming's been running for three or four years now, Colorado, we're doing a little bit, but we're, we're trying to figure out how to get organic search. And if you think about, well, you know, can you as an attorney write one page per week? Can you write two pages per week? There's a topic, you get a call from a client and they ask you a question. You're like, boy, I've heard that question a lot of times. I've, I've heard it before. Write content about it, clearly laying it out, not in your law review uh, a type of language, but for an individual. Then they're going to see you, you know, I mean, you have to put all your disclosures and everything else in there, but they're going to see you as someone who's providing answers. And, and, and one of the problems we see with the, the public's impression of lawyers is that they don't actually give you answers and it's way too complicated to understand. So what is it you want your clients to think about you when they look at their website? That you're flashy? 
No, that you're you're giving them answers very quickly. Uh, I, I I encourage you to look at you know Wyoming LLC attorney, Colorado LLC attorney, and see it, it's it's simple it's simple stuff, simple graphics if any, pure content. And and Wyoming we actually are going under right now, which is going to be rolled out to the other sites, a uh, and even a more simplification of the website, going to make it you know sort of flatter, easier to read easier to, 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 to get through what's there. And we also have clear pricing. We don't hide the football. Most of the work that we're doing on the, well, on the formation side, it's all, you know, it's all flat pricing. On the legal side, almost everything is limited scope engagement work, flat fee pricing. And, you know, there's some, so some things we can talk about there and how, how do you not have mission creep uh, and how do you not have sort of clients uh, where yeah. you, you know, come at a low price and you wind up, you know, getting underpaid for it. We, we could talk about that. But. Yeah. I had a question specifically about the pricing too. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, again, it's been uh, probably five or six years since I looked into registry agent services, but as far as the comparison between you guys, like, are you guys price leaders? Are you guys kind of right on the average or how do you stack up against the price other leaders? Service? Okay. So you guys are price leaders. So, and I would say that kind of makes sense that like, you know, I always think putting prices on the site is not a great thing unless it's a selling point, which in your case it is. But um, yeah, yeah, it's like one of these traps that you kind of see people. And I think it was, gosh, who was it? I think it was Michael Porter said there's, you know, there's fundamentally two strategies that you can run in business. It's either, you know, you can be the price leader or you can be the most premium service and people just get dashed on the rocks in between. Right. So you guys have had super clear pricing, but let's actually transition to that, that that scope creep too. So yeah, what do you, what do you guys do? And let's talk about your, I guess um, we could call it an ascension process. And I know we kind of talked Mm -hmm. about this briefly, but you know, that 15 minute call and what that can end up doing to people who might've come in just thinking, Hey, I only wanted to, you know, register my company in Wyoming. Yeah, we have a, a dedicated team of salespeople and the phone is always answered 24-7. We use, you know, a variety of different tech resources for that, for that in off hours because our people are all over the world. We always want the phone answered. They have great scripts that they run through. It's not just, may I take your message? It's like questions that our virtual receptionist is asking. So then that comes in uh, and is fed into our, uh, our back end, which is, is, you know, let's talk about that. And, and our idea is, you know, you had said sort of uh, growing this, our idea is to roll out this registered agent, this base service in other states, and then bring on attorneys who are doing what I'm doing in Colorado, what the team up in Wyoming is doing, where they're handling the the, the legal work that's that's falling out of it. But 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 getting back to that, so they come in um, and uh, we're collecting quality information at that lead-in. It gets put into our back-end system, and if they're doing a formation, then at the point of formation, we're sending them messages. We're sending them, we call it Wyoming operating agreement, Colorado operating agreement uh, considerations. And so this is just a a simply written document that tells them, hey, if you've got a multi-member or a manager managed, other than just like a, a couple of brothers or a husband and wife, you probably want to think about these things and it puts it in their head and then they can schedule a time. So they, they are uh, self-qualifying themselves as yes, I have an interest in this and I'm getting five plus 15 minute calls a day that are coming in from this and then, you know, delivering or, or turning those, converting those into actual clients one or two a day. 
are turned into clients for one service or another. And sometimes it's a matter of it is an, an estate plan uh, that we're, we're uh, selling to them or we're selling to them a, an operating agreement or we're selling to them an employment agreement or something else that is, is going to help them run their business or protect their assets or maintain their privacy. So all of those things sort of fall out of it. Then, well, when they talk to me, I clearly lay out what I'm going to do, and it's a detailed engagement letter. And I'm clear to them, saying anything outside the scope of this engagement letter is going to occur additional expenses at my hourly rate. And it is crystal clear. And when someone comes back with a question, you know, that's outside the scope, I tell them, hey, I would love to answer this question. Let's or I'm, I'm identifying here, this is outside the scope and uh, it's going to be at my hourly rate. Are you sure you want to ask that question? And they say, no, 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 no. Nine times out of 10, they say no. But other times they say, yeah, I think we need to add it in. I say, great, let's start the clock now. Or I'll do this additional thing for X dollars to give them a flat fee on it. So uh, having a really solid, and sometimes our engagement letters are three pages long and it'll say, a bulleted list of, okay, I'm going to modify your operating agreement. I'm going to do this, this, these 10 different things, and then say anything outside that is not being delivered. And then, you know, when it comes to doing the estate planning documents, I will deliver to you these 12 documents in association with your estate plan package. Okay. This does not include any waterfall of uh, distributions to beneficiaries. It's not going to be, you know, if we have contingencies or if thens, or, you know, we're going to go to four different charities or that's going to be additional drafting. So when they sign that letter and when I'm talking to them, very clear about what the scope is and, and they understand that if they want a flat fee price, it's got to be a flat engagement, right? It has to be clearly defined. And I, I think attorneys don't want to talk about what it's going to cost because they're not sure. I would say earlier on, I underbid things. I'm not doing that anymore. And, and, and perhaps you sort of underestimate the amount of work that you're going to have to do on these projects. But uh, you get better at that over time and not allowing them pushing back when they try to do the mission creep, I think, is, is critically important. You have to have the, the guts to do that. Yeah. And that's a, that's a super good point. It's like, if you want to have a flat fee pricing, you better have a flat structure of what you're going to do. And it's like, I feel like people have this situation where they want to over deliver out of a need for wanting to, to provide a higher level of service. But ultimately it's kind of not in the individual case. It's not really going to sink anyone's particular experience, but getting into the habit of doing that is probably going to lead to lower service overall because you have to build in another 20 or 30% of your own time to any engagement. Then you're going to either be overbooking yourself, like running yourself ragged, maybe not paying attention on the stuff that you need to, or you just have to take that away from other clients. There's only 24 hours a day, right? So it's, you, you put it really succinctly, but like, yeah, I feel like the flat fee pricing thing is, is very trendy as far as, as a package and a deliverable, but you, you really do have to put the homework in the back end to make sure that you're able to kind of live up to that on your own end of the bargain. So um, I wanted to dig in though, because I'm a really, really huge intake geek. So you mentioned a couple of things about the reception and kind of getting people to that conversation with you, John, but like, as far as like the sales reception, I just got, you know, rapid fire, you know, is this in-house mm-hmm. or is that something you guys have done uh, with, with a partner? Um, how'd you guys come up with those scripts, that kind of thing? 
Yeah, well, we're trying to get every every point of contact to be automated, whether it's us sort of contacting out to the world or the world contacting into us. And so we use uh, Lex Reception. It's uh, been easy to work with. You, you can custom tailor your scripts with them. And then what we have our system do is it pulls the data because it's basically just a database that they're putting it into. into. And then we pull that, that data into our system and our system then will divvy it up. We have that salesperson who's looking through, okay, which of these needs response immediately, high, medium, low priority, sales opportunities based on what the client needs. We have different areas of expertise within the firm when it comes to the formation, or do they want to talk about trust? Or they, you know, is this Colorado or is this sort of general uh, a formation law? All these things. And then those tasks are divvied up and then we have a way to monitor what our staff is doing. How quickly are they responding to these tasks that come in when a client calls in? We want to get back to them as quickly as possible. We're responsive. And then in terms of responding to it, so managing what our clients, the, the, the back office, the paralegals, the just, just customer service representatives, we call them the formation experts and so on. And then uh, again, monitoring their performance to make sure they're, they're getting back quickly. And then beyond that, we have uh, another system where we have sort of canned response emails. So this was something, again, a Andrew uh, had put together where 90% of the responses you've seen before. Th there's a very narrow universe of things we're talking about. And if the attorneys or the customer service or the paralegals need to type out an email each time, you're consuming a lot of resources to respond, you know, sort of on your sales funnel. You may get a lot of people in, but you need to treat them, respond as efficiently and succinctly as possible. And it also prevents people who aren't attorneys from providing legal advice because there's canned responses. When those canned responses aren't enough and the client comes back or prospective client comes back, then at that point, they are able to schedule uh, a time, there's a response that goes to them. Your question will require attorney, you know, consultation with an attorney. You can schedule a call with the attorney here. And we have a couple of different options. We're using Calendly as sort of uh, integrated with our back end. It's all embedded in our system, but we really like what they do. And that will allow them, they can either, you know, depending on the questions they have, they're either going to be given by the customer service rep to schedule a free consult or a paid consult with the uh, attorney. I'm impressed, but I'm not surprised. I mean, the thing is that basically the growth numbers that you guys have been putting out, it's like a lot of people think about like, it would be so much nicer just to see that revenue number and your you know, checking account go up every 20% every month. But at the same time, when the work and the intakes go up 20% every month, it's not easy to keep that up, but it seems like you guys have arrived on a really good system. And just to kind of clarify, is most of this happening over text or you guys have these systems in place for just like the live calls and that stuff as well? There, it's live call answering from our virtual receptionist. We also have an in-house receptionist who, who picks up very consistently during normal business hours. And then everything else is going to be going back through, uh, we do have the ability to text. We have the voice over IP system where we're, we're dispersed all over the place, but we can you know, seem like we're in the same office. And uh, just standard emails is going to be the response, those canned responses. 
Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. And then it seems like you guys have paid a lot of attention in the system. So I wouldn't be shocked if there was another one here, but as far as yeah. ongoing work <laughs> past that. Okay. So let's, if we call the, uh, you know, the registered agent services kind of, you know, the first bite at the apple, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get that second matter. What does the client experience look like for you getting them on kind of ongoing work and, and past that, that second engagement? Yeah. Well, well, then once we have them and, and they're a client for some other legal service, all of our registered agent clients and formation clients get uh, access to our client portal. That's where we're uploading their form operating agreements, really well drafted, but basic operating agreements, uh, resolutions to open bank accounts, basically a package of this is what you need to get your LLC up and running. There's a, a manual in there, you know, a 37 page manual of how to run an LLC, how not to get your veil pierced, how not to screw it up, basically. And then that becomes the tool by which we can interact with the clients as attorneys. After I've done my call with them, and I'm talking about this complicated engagement letter, the engagement letter is within our portal. And the client will go into the portal. They will be able to electronically sign the engagement letter. They'll be able to pay for the services. There's questionnaires. We have bespoke questionnaires that will be used to, instead of having to have a conversation about, you know, an estate planning package, who's your beneficiary, who's going to be your power of attorney, who's your trustee, successor, da, da, da. you know, there's 30 questions to ask. So, so we bring in, we have these bespoke questionnaires that they're immediately pushed into to give us everything we need to draft the documents. Then that document drafting process is a click of a button, really, because we have the data from them in a format that's going to be able to be, that, that we can auto insert into the, the majority of documents. So, so that's where, to, you know, sort of we get to, we've got an attorney at the beginning, identifying the client's needs, explaining the process, explaining everything else. Then Almost everything in between there is automated in terms of document creation. And then the attorney reviews everything, clicks a button again, the client gets a, an invitation to review their documents and schedule a meeting. And that's going to be the closeout meeting with the attorney. So you've taken what would have been five people handling it from paralegals to uh, customer service people, assistants, billing department of, of your law firm or calendaring people or whatever else. And it is just a seamless process from initial interaction to closing out the client. And that really uh, goes back to the point of, you know, how do you avoid mission creep? get it done quick. <laughs> if, if, you're, if yeah. you're going from engagement letter to delivery of a, a complete estate package in three days, they didn't have a chance to think about whether they want their brother-in-law to be their power of attorney. It, it, it just doesn't happen, right? Yeah. But if it's months and, oh, Sally got sick and it turns out John was a bad father and we don't want him to be the guardian for our kids or whatever it is, well, they have an opportunity to think about it. That, that's what happens. Very little is changing over the course of one of our engagements. And, and so there, there's less of a tendency to be that mission creep because we're delivering so quickly. And we're viewing this from uh, the perspective of, of what we can help attorneys do as we're going to you know, roll this out to other states is an attorney could be almost turning that, that uh, and, and, and I, I think the distinction here is the attorney has to be, have rainmaker ability, right? So to talk to a client, that 15 minutes I have I, I have to convince them that what we offer is good for them. And, and I mean, there's a lot of clients I, I talk to them and, and it's not a good fit. 
you know, your situation is too complicated. We're, we're meeting that vast middle. But telling them that succinctly so that they become a, a client who wants to move forward with the engagement, they understand what role we're playing here. We're more than legal Zoom and do it yourself, or, but we're less than the big uh, firm downtown that's going to charge you $500 an hour. That's where we want to be in that, you know, that 90% that's, that's in the middle needs a little bit of help. Uh, and getting things done, but highly automated everywhere in between. But we want to give that opportunity to other attorneys by allowing all of our systems to become their back office. So not paying for leads, right? You're paying for our back office is ultimately what we're, ima- what, what we're imagining. And, and, and while it seems like, well, I, I could do all these things, you know, we have three full-time programmers on our staff who are working on this, this portal that does all of this automation. We have five or six different sort of outside Calendly or Lex Reception or the other that we've gotten to integrate beautifully together. And while you can do it, I think you need a computer science degree to, to figure out how to make it all work. And, and I haven't seen that anyone else is doing this for attorneys. It's not a it is legal tech, but we're looking to make what's the difficult part of, an, of, of, of the practice of law, turn that into something that's really easy to do. The difficult part, I think, is how do you get the clients and then how do you deliver the work quickly to those clients? Nobody has, I haven't met an attorney who can't talk to people. They can get on the phone and they can talk to people and explain the legal concepts in a way they can understand. But, but how do you get that first thing and all that middle done efficiently on virtually by by not having to even have any investment of your own. I mean, you don't need to make the investment of time or energy. You let us do it uh, is is ultimately where we want to be, and that's what the the Colorado branch is is really set out on doing is proving out the model of the lawyer being the, these bookends to this tech process in the middle. Yeah, and it's a really interesting version of what you guys have done. Cause it's like, I feel like everyone was kind of coming up with a practice management solution sometime in the past 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. but like besides actually going through, so it's, it's almost as if you guys have decided to integrate forward to provide the marketing and also kind of the, the downstream process stuff as well. And now it's kind of like, you know, you can, you can sort of spin out these statewide subsidiaries almost. Right. Yeah. And then as far as, I mean, you actually mentioned something that was, that was kind of interesting. I want to dig into a bit when you, you mentioned, you know, you got to be a rainmaker on some capability. So as far as when you guys are looking to expand, is that something that you're looking to find built into the people that you're partnering with? Or is that something that you guys are able to train to some capacity or like, how do you guys approach finding people or developing people that are going to be successful in that role? I think you're a great example. You, you build great rapport very quickly. You're, you're able Thank to you. do this on, on, on <laughs> yeah, well, I'm confident. Yeah. To be able to do that, that's a skill. And on the phone, that's difficult. I don't know that's something you can teach anyone. That's something you have. And, and I don't think any of the attorneys that, that we're working with, you don't need to be order of the quaff. You don't need to have been the, the editor-in-chief of the law review. You need to be someone who, when, when you meet them, you want to talk to them and you want to share. I mean, lawyers have to ask difficult questions. Even on these operating agreements, you're working on this estate planning. How's your marriage? Are you worried about something going on there? Tell me about your business partner. What do you, what do you think of them? You know, I mean, you're asking them to open up. And if they, if, if they don't feel comfortable with you to do that, if you can't make people comfortable, 
make them understand that you actually care. That's why you're asking. I, I, I don't think you're going to be able to, you know, be one of these attorneys that, that we are eventually bringing on here in these other states. I think you're going to be, you may be more well-suited to just a traditional lawyer drafting sort of position. It's really startling. You know, I get five to seven of these calls a day. And how am I able to Build, build rapport with people quickly. And I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I can't teach and I read, you know, I read, I've read books on it in the past. And sort of, you know, look at my sort of history of what I've done. And I've been in some positions that were sales. I was a financial advisor. I was uh, in the, you know, raising money for hedge funds, working with CEOs of companies to, you know, help them raise money. I mean, I've done a lot of things where there's, but I've also, I was a, an operations manager for DHL in, in Manhattan. And I had, you know, I was working with my unionized employees and the, the shop stewards and really tough as nails guys and gals who you, you, you have to be able to speak to, to everyone and, and come across in a way that you're not offending them. You're not talking down to anyone. And, and I've got, you know, the clients I'm speaking to every day, you know, guys starting up a concrete business. Well, it sounds like he's had fantastic success. Did, didn't even have a high school education. Totally fine. And I'm speaking to doctors who are, are looking for asset protection, you know, and how are you sort of talking to that entire scope of people who have a legal need in a way that makes them feel comfortable and without talking down to anyone, but helping them understand, you know, what are the, the things that are at risk here? That's the kind of attorney we need. Yeah. And also say this too, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, I mean, I mean, there's obviously a place for everyone, especially the people who are more of what we actually used to refer to in uh, one of my first sales role as the, uh, the big propellers. <laughs> so the, little yeah. propellers, the big <laughs> propellers. Um, but yeah, it's obviously a place for those kind of people. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you, you really, it's important. And I also want to make the connection too, because the way that it looks like you guys have been doing content is very similar too. It's, 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 you guys are approachable when you're on the phone, the content itself is approachable and it's really facilitated. You know, that's the thing too. A, a lot of people, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of see the, uh, the label on the bottle from the inside, but you know, dealing with an attorney is a scary thing for a lot of folks. And if you don't know whether, you know, ringing somebody up is going to end up with a $200 check that, or that you have to end up writing and that's going to show up in your mailbox. then yeah, a lot of people are kind of worried about that, but I mean, it seems like you guys have, have gotten a really awesome formula down and yeah, I mean, it seems like, a, you know, <laughs> things are prime. So, I mean, as far as yeah. kind of next steps for, for you guys, what's sort of the goal where are you guys trying to go in the next little bit? We're continuing to work on our internal systems to be able to deliver new products that, you know, attorneys can easily basically put into this workflow. So uh, improving on the workflow, improving on the products, every new product, there's uh, uh, that we call it, or the, the, the team, the amazing tech team we have, you know, they call it configuration. So it starts out with, okay, here's the legal documents that I want to use let's talk about what the inputs are and how they differ from client to client and then figuring out, okay, how can we create a system with a, you know, a series of simple questionnaires that those documents generate out the back end for me to review. So I have to do it once to get the document where it's, it's fantastic. And then I have to work with the tech team to understand sort of what the tech is capable of. Um, but every new or every time a client comes to us with some new need, our question is, this is great, 
we don't want to do it once. So how can we automate it? Because we don't, we're, we're, we're okay with doing it the first time as a very manual process, but after that, it has to be automatable. And, and one of the things we've, we've started doing, uh, this is a brand new product, is uh, you know, many entrepreneurs uh, are looking to fund their business uh, instead of putting an equity investment in to do it with loans. So have some initial capital they put into their LLC, but then where does the rest of the money come from? Well, we're, we're, we've started offering it as a uh, security agreement and promissory note structure with a UCC1 filing. Um, doing that as a way to get the initial funding into the company. And, and we've been able to automate that product. So it's, it's very easy uh, for the attorney, you know, uh, helping the client understand what the, the benefits, features, limitations, and so on are, uh, is, a, is, is the key part on the front end. And that's what the client's paying for, is paying for that identification. But the documents themselves are very simple. I don't know if you've ever filed a UCC1, but it's it, pr pretty much, I think, for exception of Louisiana, it's the same exact form in every state. And all you need to do is know what address to mail the form to. So we can create these things very quickly and easily. But it's difficult to get there from the tech perspective to have it done automatically. Right? That, that's been the, the key to this, that I, I think uh, attorneys need that. Uh, if there's you know, 50% of the work an attorney is doing, if, they, if they're feeling like, I've, man, I've done the same thing before. This is so rote. That's, that's the worst part, as I see it, of being an attorney. When, yeah, okay, I'm getting paid well for it, but I, 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 I don't want to do it. Right. I, I, I want to talk to people. I want to solve problems. I want to issue spot. That's what I think attorneys want to do. And, and, and so figuring out what those, those cool products are and then you know, envisioning these attorneys in the 50 other states or, or 46 other states coming and saying, look, you know, I think this is a great opportunity. Can you guys automate this? And we say, yeah, yeah, we can automate that. And then we can, you know, roll it out for, for that attorney in that state, but then roll it out to the other 50 states as well. Uh, and and I, I, I think there is this legal Zoom or, or some of these other sites are sort of doing that. But the, the critical missing part is the attorney guiding the process. That is critical. Yeah. And just to kind of bring things full circle, I think the structure that you guys have put out is so, is so important to that because you can't necessarily have somebody come in from any entry point and, um, you know, not to besmirch legal zoom too much, but yeah. any of the things that you can come on their site, there's no defined path. You can choose one thing one day, the other, the other day, but the way that you guys have set this up in a way that makes sense every single time. And it's logical and it deals with fundamentally somebody who's, who's entering from, from probably one point has a certain problem. I think that really allows you guys to scale in a way that's more predictable and ultimately in a way that's providing value for the clients. So I think it's super impressive what you guys have done. As far as kind of next steps, obviously attorneys listening to this and you know, if you've gotten some value out of this, I hope there's a lot of business lessons in here for anybody. But um, you know, uh, who, who would you like to be reaching out to? If, or who would you like to have reaching out to you? If, uh, anyone that's listening, John? I think there's two sort of paths. And one is if you're, you have clients who are looking for asset protection and privacy, it's hard to beat what Wyoming has to offer. You can bring the firm on as a partner. We're not going to look to take your clients who do very discreet things for your clients with our either our formation business or with our, our trust uh, services. And, and then I think the other thing is is that we're 
you know, as we're going to start rolling this out to new states, we need, we need attorneys. This is a business, it's an attorney-driven business. And I would encourage them to reach out to me on LinkedIn, and we're going to start building our database of attorneys who are interested in, in being a part of this being that attorney on the ground there. And, and I have to say, it's all done virtually. There's no need, you know, you and I were joking about it, wearing a collared shirt. We haven't done that in a while. Um, I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the reality is that I don't meet with clients. There's no need. We do it online. Everything's delivered. We're, we're talking over the phone. It makes it easy to do this. If you are a, someone who is an attorney and you only want to work 30 hours a week, or you're someone who's been out of the workforce. You're someone who is a, you have kids, they need some of your attention, especially with schooling at home now. And, and you see this as, boy, I can have my own firm, but I don't need to worry about anything except talking to the clients who are, who are presented to me. Uh, I, I, I think that's really compelling. And, and so if someone has the ability to talk on the phone, has the ability to be a rainmaker in terms of talking a lot. I tend to talk a lot. I don't know if you could tell. That would be a great person who should reach out to me because as we're rolling into new states, we're going to be looking for those kinds of attorneys. All right. Awesome, John. And then, yeah, so if you and you're listening to this podcast, um, we're going to have the link to Jonathan's LinkedIn on the show notes. But um, yeah, thanks again. I know we're reaching towards the end of the time, but I think it's been a really fascinating look inside a a company that's growing super fast, a law firm that's growing super fast. So, um, and again, you don't have to be running with this exact model or, or interacting with these guys directly to be able to take some lessons out of this. I think a lot of the stuff that we've laid out is is timeless. And, you know, if you want to be the next person who's growing 20% month over month, you got to figure out how that's going to work with your practice and in your geography. So um, thanks again. I super appreciate the time, Jonathan. Thank you. I appreciate it as well. It's been, it's been great. Thanks. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.